I am Ben Weasel. You are listening to The Dummy Room with two confused young men who have bad taste in music. Enjoy. This is the big time, girly. This is rock and roll. D-U-M-Y-R-O-O-M D-U-M-Y-R-O-O-M Hey, party. It's the happiest day of my life. Hey, pizza! <laughs> You're immature. You can't do a single thing by yourself. You're a spastic nerf bag all the time. You guys are not that dumb. Hey everybody, you're in the dummy room. I'm Jody Havnot, joined as always by Mr. Nate Demmel. What's up, Nate Demmel? Hey, hey, what's up tonight? Nothing. Nothing? Another night in paradise over here, man. Paradise, and you're missing Masked Intruder. (laughs) Yeah, thanks for reminding me, dude. (laughs) That's what I do. Yeah. Hey, man, I got priorities, dude. You know, dummy room stuff. Yep. Actually, (laughs) to be honest, (laughs) we just couldn't find a babysitter. (laughs) Sucks, man. Uh, but at the same time, whatever. I've seen him, seen him quite a bit, so I guess I'll just catch him next time. Whatever. Thinking about going and seeing him on Friday, but not not quite sure yet if it's gonna happen. So, like for me, I'll go if I can. But if I don't get to, it's not the end of the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm not one of these people that's gonna drag the fucking kids to some all ages show because I want to see a band. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, dummy room. It's gonna be just as fun as the show I'm missing and. uh I'm stoked, dude. Yeah, tonight will be fun. Um, hey, last week, uh, the the uh, Logo show, you know, I listened to that one. It's a fun episode, dude. Yeah, it was pretty fun. Lots. It was pretty crazy, you know. Considering just, we uh, didn't have a fucking clue what we were going to talk about. <laughs> yeah, well, that's pretty much every week almost. But, um, you know, playing like Squirt Gun and Vindictives, Teen Idols, uh, Riverdale's Ghoulies. It was like a, it's like a fucking pop punk tsunami or some shit on that episode. <laughs> All the big hitters. Yeah. That was fun, man. It was certainly, uh, I think it was a needed episode after the Kim thing. Yeah, it's like, Um, man, after all this stuff's been going on, we just needed to kind of dick around and have some fun. Definitely just a, just a kind of a fun episode. But, um, yeah, the, the Kim one, it was, it was nice. I got some, uh, you know, some messages and stuff, people saying they liked it and shit like that. And I got a lot of messages about that one too. Yeah. So that was a big one. So. That was cool. It's nice to hear that kind of shit. So yeah, it's always good to hear. I'm just happy that people actually listen at all. So well, cool. yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that was fun. Uh, last week was it was crazy with uh, you know we recorded like two episodes <laughs> and we recorded that little Johnny thing and of course for me I had the new Rochelles all that stuff you know, happen and like just day after day after day. Yeah. So it was, it was kind of fucked up. It was busy. It was stressful, but, um, it all came together really well. Yeah. Against all odds. Um, Hey, uh, you know, the new Rochelle's thing, I don't want to like self fucking promote every week, but, um, <laughs> come on, dude, let's it? do our own suck campaign. <laughs> <laughs> let's push this shit, dude. Um, what do you want to hear, dude? Off that off animal boy. You name it. Mm, let's do Bonzo. 
that is my favorite on here. I mean, that's my favorite on the original record, and they fucking nail it. I like the version of uh, Love Kills, I think, rips. Good. Crummy Stuff is Crummy good. Stuff's good. They're all really good. <laughs> uh, something to Believe In's great. They did it right, man. Um, like I said, I don't want to, like, self... We're not going to do this every week or anything. Um, oh, I'm not going to try to. But um, <laughs> it sold pretty good right away, man. But there's still copies left. Um, it's really exciting to be kind of back in it. Yeah. You know? It's got to be cool for you, right? It's been a long time. It's Well, it's been a long time, and it's it's just... Yeah, jumping back in with something like this, it's exciting. And the the uh, Hey Pizza number two, which isn't announced yet, which I'm not going to announce right now, that's like a big deal for me too. Yeah, big time. Um, that's coming. <laughs> that's coming pretty quickly. Um, and of course, we're going to do some. We got lots of stuff planned, man. Yeah, it's all exciting, dude. Yeah. So my kids had a play last week. I I had to mention this to you. Yeah. So what happened? <laughs> nothing really happened the play was fine the, the my kids did really good you know there was a couple other kids in the play that sucked you know <laughs> but um my kids they didn't have that big of roles you know but they uh they, they did good they did good eli got to uh like fake stab other kids you know oh yeah so he did pretty good at that uh which is kind of scary but um <laughs> yeah the play was like it was about a half hour away okay so i had to take him a couple days to to practice and uh me and me and Miles, of course, go and we got back one day and I don't remember what I was listening to, but I took the CD out and um, just the radio was on. It was classical, like classical piano or whatever it was. Yeah. And that's kind of Lily's thing, you know. She's into that. So I said to Miles, I said, um, I said, what is this? You know, I said, you like this stuff, Miles? And he says, I like rock and roll. <laughs> right on. I like the meatball song. Like what? You know, I just thought it was so cute, you know. Yeah. But I'm like, what the fuck is the meatball song? You know. <laughs> yeah. So we got inside, and I'm like, dude, what is the meatball song? And he, he's, I got on YouTube, you know, and he's, he shows me, and it's that, it's that, um, it's that meatball, like somebody sneezed and the meatball fell off the table song. How's that song? I can't even <laughs> think of how it goes. Sneezed and the meatball fell off the fucking table. Um, on top of old, on on top of spaghetti, all covered oh, okay. with cheese. Yeah. I lost my poor meatball. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so he fucking loved that song. So we had to listen to that a couple times, you know. But dude, it was so funny. I, I like rock and roll. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> like that, that boy. <laughs> totally chip off the old block. So, yeah, but that that was all fun, man. I mean, they did a great job. Cool. You all geared up for Halloween or what? I don't know what's going on, man. Um. I, I guess, you know, the kids are, I don't know. Um, no Madonna this year? Nothing no like Madonna. That. I don't know. Like, Miles has been, like, screaming at us whenever somebody says they're not going to be a dwarf. Because <laughs> he wants everyone to be dwarves. You know, my wife will be Snow White. You can be Blag or he who. Yeah. Yeah. Rise up from the dead like a 
Yeah, apparently I'm a I'm a yeah I'm a dwarf and Lily and Eli have to be dwarfs and then Eli wants to be Harry Potter, you know. Oh yeah. So he says that, and then Miles gets all pissed off and starts screaming at us. And I'm like, dude, just just tell him you're going to be a dwarf just to get him to calm down. So I don't know what's happening. Right on. <laughs> um, I don't dress up, dude, for Halloween, so. No? Nope. <laughs> I, I guess I'm going to be a dwarf this year, I guess, but. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I'll be black, though. There you go. <laughs> Badge more. <laughs> So what are you doing? I don't know yet either, dude. I mean, I know what the kids are going to be. They've already decided that. And it's pretty fucking pedestrian, man. Natalie's just going to be a cat. Nathan wants to be cat boy. Cat boy? Yeah, from the damn PJ Masks. It's kind of his thing. He wanted to be that last year, but he wasn't. So he wants to do it this year. But I actually have to work this year unless I find someone to cover me. So I don't know what the hell I'm going to do yet. I don't want to miss Halloween, you know? But we did go to uh, this Fright Fest over the weekend at the Six Flags theme park thing. And oh my God, I've never seen so many people there, dude. Like, (laughs) they have a huge fucking parking lot, right? Like, this gigantic parking lot, completely full. People were parking in the grass like a mile back, dude. It was so fucking crazy. We were there from like mm, maybe 5 o'clock till midnight or so we had time to ride two fucking rides <laughs> the lines were that long holy shit look at this batman ride and they said that fucking wait time was three and a half hours holy shit i'm like are you fucking serious but it was still kind of fun you know you're just walking around and there's like all these dudes dressed up like like some kind of leather face and they got chainsaws and they're chasing kids around and shit it was kind of <laughs> cool kind of entertaining <laughs> But, man, I've never seen it so fucking packed in there. And Amber wants to go to this Limp Mansion tour, which is like this famous mansion here in the city where most of the people that live there committed suicide and all this stuff. But the crazy part is I've done that tour before, like maybe 10, 15, maybe even fucking 20 years ago now. I can't remember. But when I did it the first time, dude, have I told you about this before? No. Okay, so... Get this shit, man. I fucking went to this Limp Mansion tour. And what they do is you you go and this like medium lady or whatever walks you through the mansion, right? Oh, I think you did tell me about this, but keep going. Okay, so we were just doing this tour and walking around, doing our thing. And this, this like medium lady's got this like, I don't know, like some kind of thing on a chain. And it's moving around and shit. And she's kind of... <laughs> just vamping it up for the tourists and shit is what it seemed like to me you know but people really did all the family really did die there and shit so that's why it's haunted or whatever but anyway like halfway through this tour the lady stops and she's like i'm getting a message from one of the limp people and i'm thinking to myself yeah right (laughs) you know i mean this is all fun and games but i really don't think you're speaking to the dead right now you know so she stops in the middle of this tour and and there's like maybe 40 of us in this group they're taking the tour you know and she says that the uh whatever limp person has a message for someone named jody right and i'm like oh my god for real (laughs) and i'm just kind of like trying not to pay attention to it and she's like where are you? I know you're here somewhere and all this stuff. Finally, I cop to it, right? And basically the message was at the time 
for me to never give up on my music shit, you know? Yeah. And I'm thinking, eh, whatever, you know, cool, fine. And then the tour resumed. But the fucked up part about the story is, okay, so while we were there, I'm taking photos, you know, of all this various shit, photos with me and my girlfriend at the time, and just all kinds of photos. I'm one of those, like, you know, an old school camera that had film, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So I took all these photos, and, and like the next day, I went to like the little Walmart to get my hour photographs developed. You know, one hour photo. I get the photos back, and dude, every single photo with me in it, like I am obscured by like hundreds of orbs. Mm-hmm. You know, those like light orbs that are supposedly yeah. ghosts. Every photo ones. of me, I might they're all over me, dude surrounding me <laughs> but uh, no and all the other photos of and like of my girl at the time or anyone else none of them but every photo with me i'm covered in those fucking things it's so mm. fucking creepy i will i don't want to go back <laughs> you know <what> I'm saying? <laughs> and she wants to no. go and i'm thinking i don't think i can do that again knowing what i what happened last time what's gonna happen this time you know what i mean it was pretty yeah. fucking weird man very strange you should you should go back yeah, maybe they'll give me some pointers about the podcast. They'll be like, don't ever stop doing the dummy room. And yeah. somebody's telling me Jody should end this shit. Yeah, just give it up, dude. Just give it up, yeah. Yeah, so Halloween is next week from the time you're hearing this. It's crazy it's not to be have done all these Halloween episodes this year. I think we burnt ourselves out last year. Yeah, maybe next year we'll do one. Yeah, hey, real quick, uh, I learned what a, a code brown means in uh, elementary school. <laughs> I'm pretty it sure I know a, what that means. Yeah, there's a teacher, two of them actually, one of them's running down the hallway the other day. Yeah. And she's telling the other teacher there's a code brown. <laughs> and I'm like, of course, that catches my attention. She runs into the boys' bathroom. And that's that's all I knew. And then another teacher walked by, so I'm like, "Hey, what's a code brown mean?" <laughs> She's like, "What you think it means?" She's like, "Yeah, there's somebody shit their pants." So uh, yeah, so it wasn't like, the teacher damn. then. She wasn't happy. No, 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 it wasn't. No, it was a kid. <laughs> but it's just so funny they call it a code brown that yeah. she's like yelling it. Code brown. <laughs> Fucking hilarious, dude. Oh, that's great. But hey, man, um, I kind of want to get into this because I've been waiting to talk to this dude for for a while. Um, so uh, yeah, let's just let's just get into it, man. All right, let's do it. We have news for the beautiful people. There's a lot more of us in our view. Any of you that have ever felt stepped on, left out, picked on, put down. Why don't you just come down here and join us, okay? Hey, hey, we got Ray from Teenage Bottle Rocket here, along with his son Milo from uh, Human Robots. What's up, dudes? Yo! Yo, what's up? Dummy Room. Hey, Milo, this is the Dummy Room. Can you can you stop playing Aha on the piano and say what's up? Yo. <laughs> what's happening, Milo? Nothing much. Just playing piano, getting yelled at. Yeah. Average. Hey Milo, I've been watching those uh, those videos that you and Ray do. Uh, yeah, drum offs on Instagram. Yeah. You're getting pretty good, dude. Yeah, I'm starting to take drum lessons. Yeah. Definitely getting a lot better. What are you doing? I'm just gonna pull over seat. Oh, I thought you're trying to play drums. 
Yeah, Miles played taking drum lessons at the high school. Um, this guy, he plays in the band. He, play, he plays in Redbush. His name's Will. Anyway, uh, he teaches at the high school and he teaches history. But uh, the high school lets him use the uh, like the jazz drum set or whatever for the jazz band. And Miles goes over there every Wednesday and shreds some shreds the skins. Um, he takes a bus from the junior high to the high school, and then he goes there and uh, checks it out. Gets used to campus. Right on. Never be too prepared. Right. So, so Milo, you want to be a, a drummer more than more than piano piano guy, or what? Yeah. That's I cool. just like playing piano to impress people. <laughs> it is impressive. I wish my parents would have pushed me into taking piano because, you know, you learn piano and you're learning all the basics of all music theory and it applies to all instruments. You know, it could come in pretty handy. Yeah, my other <laughs> name in the, the, you know, like this is an A, this is a C or whatever. And right. uh, I never learned that, but I did try to force Milo into piano whenever he was five or six, thinking like, I'm going to have a kid that knows how to shred piano like Elton John by the time he turns 12. That... <laughs> Not the case. Um, he, I think it was, uh, the teacher, I think she was really good if the kid was kind of already advanced. And um, yeah. starting from scratch, you know, there was like a uh, little Asian girl that was seven that could do Fly to the Bumblebee or whatever with her eyes closed. And <laughs> so we so we quit. Our, you quit? I quit? It was me that quit? I quit. We all we collectively quit piano, but now we have this other teacher. It's called YouTube.com. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, we get a re- we get we learn some riffs, and um, yeah, we just freaking like enjoy rocking some piano, huh? Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. So Milo, how does it uh, how does it feel to be the youngest dude with a record on Fat? Uh, amazing. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, I've been waiting for my royalties. <laughs> hey Ray, what do you think of that? That's gotta be a that's a proud dad moment, huh? He said he was gonna take um, my money like Macaulay Culkin's parents. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's cool. I mean, here's the thing. You know, Milo, his songs are not really great. I thought the songs are great, um, but it's like a fun thing. It's really cool that Fat Records let's do it. Mm-hmm. I did ask our publicist Vanessa if she wanted to set up some interviews for Milo, and she's like, "Yeah, we're not going to do that. We're just we're, this is more of a fun thing, right?" Um, I hope he doesn't think that he's going to buy, you know, a season pass to Steamboat Ski Resort with his royalty check or anything like that. But <laughs> maybe he can buy like a game for his Nintendo Switch. Maybe we'll see. What? I'm gonna get. I'm gonna. Have, they get fifty percent. Yeah, well, 50% of $2 is what? $1. Whoa! See? <laughs> yeah, but you sell more than that. That's because my band's amazing. No, that's because my band. <laughs> yeah, what's up with that split-seven injection? Only, people are only buying it for us, right? And so I get 99% of the money? I've, every single time I've gotten tagged, you weren't tagged. We just seen So, dude, okay, this is the dummy room. This is the dummy room podcast, right? <laughs> These guys, the dummy room, they like pop punk stuff. What the other favorite pop punk band, Milo? You don't have to be too embarrassed. Go ahead and just blurt it out. I don't know. 
you can't say can't say bottle rocket. No, I know because they suck. But... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about that one. Right. Not. I mean, can I? I don't want to answer. Randy, Randy, the band. Does that, that count? I don't know if that's. Does that I, count? These guys are more on the lines of like Screeching Weasel, Queers, Teen Idols. Cody Lillington worship, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> all those things you listed, I would pick Rolling Doom. Blink-182 is your vibe, isn't it? I mean, I, I hate that I had to give your answer for No, you. I'm not Blink-182, I'm not Blink dude. If I were to pick out of everything you just said, I would say Rolling Doom. Well, you know. It's a good answer. Yeah. But. It's a great answer. I don't know. I, I, you know, Ramones. Well, I mean, if Ramones counts, then Randy should. How about what's your favorite freaking band? Randy the band. Randy the band's your favorite band. Yes. All right. <laughs> you got to be the only thirteen-year-old that's going to answer Randy. Huh. I assume huh. you're talking about that Swedish band, right? It's the only the Randy. Only, there's only one Randy. Yeah, they're on <laughs> Fat Rack. So okay. <laughs> yeah. So Milo, do the kids at school realize your dad's in this like world-renowned band that's released all these classic albums that, that like totally rips or? Are they clueless? Uh, man, you know, I don't really talk about it that much. I, it's it's one of those things where, like, if I were to do that, I'd probably just be looking for attention. <laughs> right. Um, if you're my friend, you'd know, but right. I, I don't just go around telling people that my dad's in the punk band and, like, add 7 million plays on Spotify. Right. <laughs> I was just kind of curious if, like, kids even, you know, like, it seems to me that, like, most kids like music that totally sucks, so they wouldn't even know about your dad's band at all, you know? Seriously, like, songs, bands that suck. Yeah. That's cool. So it's kind of like a, just your friends know, the cool people know, but the average kids have no clue. Yeah, for sure. Gotcha. So you're not having to deal with, like, kids saying, can you please have your dad sign my records? Or stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, that doesn't really happen. But Milo does get some of his friends into some cool music. and um, You know, I, I have become that dad where I'm watching TV and Milo's playing his drums and it's just annoying and uncool. And... Uh, <laughs> I, sometimes I gotta yell. Sometimes I'm taking a nap, and I'll just hear a snare drum and then a kick drum, and the whole drum set comes in, and I just come in hollering and screaming, and I'm I'm that dad now. No punk rock allowed. <laughs> I need to buy an electric drum set so my look could just uh, do the headphone stuff. Right. I mean, uh, Well, so. We leave for tour tomorrow. While well, our driver's leaving for tour tomorrow, we fly up to Sacramento on Friday for the Puck and Jovic show there um, Saturday. But so Milo's drum set that we have, which actually is Brandon's drum set that we have set up here in, in our band room in Laramie, it's about to get packed up into the van and shipped off. Wow. So I guess I will get one day of peace and quiet. Makes you sad. What episode of podcast is this for you guys? How many dummy rooms are out there? Uh, this will be 77. 77. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that's like, that's like Kurt Baker. Like, you really have to dig deep in the pop punk round It's 77 <laughs> interviews. We kind of mix it up. We don't always have an interview. You know what I mean? 
Sometimes we just oh, push right. it that's when you're telling. Totally. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, but we've had a ton of them. We've even had uh, Darren was even on the show early on in our in our podcast careers. Oh, that's cool, Chuka. Yeah, Cody yep. also told me that maybe one of you guys. Well, I mean, obviously the Wisconsin dude. Uh, they saw the Piggly Wiggly and like, wait a minute, are you Cody or something? <laughs> yeah, that was me. <laughs> so yeah, he told me that. Um, and I listened to the Philip Hill um, one. Oh, right on. Yeah, it was good. It was good. It was like, cool. whoa, did he get shot? <laughs> yeah, I didn't know he had been shot. That was crazy. <laughs> Makes sense, and, though. <laughs> uh, and so I talked to I talked to Matt Yonker because we played with Les and Jake like the weekend after I heard that. And uh, and he was like, yeah, yeah, Phil, Philip Hill and I, we were roommates. I was like, yeah, man, I learned I, I learned about that on the podcast. <laughs> wow. So, Ray, um, when you, you've gotten to take Milo on tour a little bit, huh? Like kind of all over the world? Yeah, he's been to Europe twice. Um, we were just we were supposed to go to Costa Rica last weekend. Uh, we were opening up for the Agrilites, just Ray Rocket and Milo's going to play a couple songs. But apparently the Agrilites didn't sell enough tickets. So it has nothing to do with Ray Rocket not selling enough tickets. That was just the opening act. Right. And it's the Agrilites' fault, and uh, they canceled the show. But um, Yeah, Milo also did two... Warp tours with us, um, so he he's seen it all, kind of. Yeah, he's seen some crazy stuff. <laughs> I don't know. I think that the beach in Castellon, Spain, was probably the craziest. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm talking like actual shows and stuff, like Warp Tour was a thing. No, like I had a freaking um, I had a. Samurai hat with a marijuana leaf on it. <laughs> like, um, hopefully, my parents aren't listening. <laughs> <laughs> hey, mom and dad. Yeah, you know, my kids do have warp tour with marijuana leaves on his samurai hat. I. <laughs> <laughs> So you've been doing a lot of those Ray Rocket solo shows. Actually, the last time I saw you, that's what you were doing. It was in the the basement of Blueberry Hill. It's a while ago. Yeah, it was copyrights. Yeah. That was, uh, that was, that was fun. Um, you know, that was right whenever the record came out, so I kind of had some momentum going with the release. And, yeah. You know, it was shortly after Brandon's death as well. And yeah. It was, it was cool to get back out there. Yeah, it was cool, man. But, I mean, really... I like playing the acoustic thing whenever I when I get done playing a show. I have a different feeling, a different vibe than I do coming off a show that like completely soaked in sweat and shredding with the band. So yeah. I, I like doing both. Um, definitely enjoy playing with the band more, but that's not to say that I don't enjoy playing acoustically. And it's like a really good time. I'm playing a show in Denver in December, and um, that might be uh, my last show of 2019. Wow. 
The great thing about the acoustic gig is the load-in is so much easier, <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's true. That's true, and also distributing the money at the end of the night's a lot easier. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, Ray, when, when, uh, when you and uh, Brandon first got uh, Cody in the band years and years ago, um, what was that like? You, you were obviously friends with them and shit and were probably a f- fan. Um, just kind of what were you thinking when he joined the band? you feel lucky or was it? Well, what happened was Brandon was in SAC. Yeah. And, you know, SAC might come off as like a goofball band side project, but... Man, that shit ripped. Cody's intentions were very focused on SAC, and the songs were great. And um, Brandon played drums on the SAC record. I, I ended up being in SAC as well, and Cody just went to like lead vocals. Yeah. And um, before that, even, Brandon had played drums for the Lillington for the show and Casper. And <laughs> whenever my old band, Homeless Wonders, we lived in Arizona, and Tim ended up leaving Lillington's, and Cody asked Brandon to be in Lillington's. I think that was like, spring of 2000 um so and but i mean before that even you know homeless wonders and, and lillington's were playing shows a lot and we did like little mini tours and stuff so we we're always friends with cody and then in 2004 bottle rocket had been in the band for like you know three or four years at that point and we had gone to a couple guitar players and our guitar player joel at the time, we had this, this tour booked with this band, Bill the Welder, from Fort Collins. And us and Bill the Welder were uh, going to do a Midwest run for a couple weeks and come back. And the very last minute, Joel decided to bail. And we're like, Cody, do you want to do it? And he's like, absolutely. And at that point, me, Brandon, and Cody had already sort of jammed like four or five times and Co- we knew Cody had blood about the Burger King and lost in space and so far away and so cool stupid games like basically every song that Cody sings on total yeah and, and at that point it was just sort of like hey you know we have these songs you you have this song these songs let's uh let's play them all on this tour and it's like yeah let's do it let's let's be in a band we'll just continue calling your teens ball rocket Cody we were like happy to have, have him be a part of it and um, before we even announced that, and before we even started this tour, Toby from Red Scare wrote us an email. And Brandon and I, you know, of course, were just doing backflips. It was a guy from Fat Records that was starting a label. And his right. first release was The Falcon. And then the second release was going to be NMU. And we were going to be his third release. And then we told Cody, you know, like, what's up, Red Scare's interested. And uh, we got this email from Toby. And Cody knew Toby because Fat Mike had flown out the Lillingtons to play in San Francisco at his birthday party while Aaron flew him out as a surprise to Mike. And Toby picked him up at the airport and drove him around San Francisco. And, you know, we just sort of, everything just sort of aligned up at once. And uh, we went in and recorded Total. And the rest is, is really just history from there. Just have always been pushing it hard as far as playing shows live and uh, trying to release a record every two years. Yeah. yeah. Total, such a great record. Yeah, it's classic. Yeah, um, they're all great, dude. Every Chainsaw Rock, I, 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 I even like another way. I think for a while there, I was like, man, 
this record is okay, but I listened to it the other day, and um, yeah, it, it's cool. Like the cool thing about records is you know it documents the time, right? And mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, that was it was it brought back so many memories of me and Brandon, you know, working on these songs and uh, and trying to get things started up from from you know moving on from Homeless Wonders, breaking up, and uh, trying to do something different musically. When you write songs, you know, do you get songs from Cody? You hear the new Cody songs, and it's, is it kind of a challenge for you guys to, like, you know, are you trying to up each other every album, or? Um, well, I mean, sometimes, you know, sometimes they'll be like, okay, I'll write a song, I'll demo it, I'll send it to Cody, and it could definitely light a fire under Cody's ass as far as, like, I need to start writing songs because we're working on a new record, and, and um, I'm sure that if my song doesn't suck, he's going to be a little bit more motivated to write a song that doesn't suck as well. And then he'll send something back to me, and it's a little better. And uh, and then I'll be all like, oh, shit, I need to step up my game. And by the end of it all, you know, we'll have seven songs each. But sometimes it's like, Cody will write five songs in a fucking day, It's like it seems like, you know? And it's not really one of these, like, <laughs> firing shit back and forth and... Same thing with me. It's just like, yeah, no, I haven't seen you guys for a couple of weeks, but here's these three songs that I've been working on. And uh, we all have, like, our own home studios. So, like, you know, the songwriting process for us has definitely changed um, the past 20 years. Um, Cody's done this a lot in the past, but I recently have just been uh, writing the song title first. Yeah. So we come up with an idea for a song title, and we'll, we'll put it into our phones or whatever, and then we'll tackle it later. Like, uh, the first time I did Acid was the last time that I did Acid was definitely a song title before it was a song. <laughs> and so was Creature from the Black Metal Lagoon. 
And so what it does at the end of the day, the back of your records are, are funny as fuck and like the song titles are, are the shit. Yeah. <laughs> Not to like say that our song titles are the shit, but like they are. <laughs> right. So how did you guys end up, I know this is totally kind of going back just a hair, but how did you end up, why did you end up doing Rebound again on Total after it being on, you know, another way? Uh, well, the thing about that is whenever, let's say there was like some pop punk band in St. Louis, like let's say Eaten Back to Life. No, let's say Haddonfields. Let's say Haddonfields <laughs> um, signs to Fat Records. Well, guess what? No one fucking knows the Haddonfields, right? Right. So they're about to. So what labels will do a lot of the time is take the best Haddonfield songs there are yeah. and put them on the first record that comes Makes out sense. on Fat. Okay. And so Rebound was one of those things, and so was B-Stag that ended up on the vinyl. You you also did pull the plug again, right? And pull the plug. And pull the plug. I like that and, version uh, better pull too. Pull the plug uh, definitely stands out in another way. And Toby was always in love with that song. Yeah, it's a great one. And uh, that was one of the songs that, like you know, encouraged him to sign us or stoked him to sign us. Right? You know, like you got to do pull the plug for this record. You got to do rebound for this record. You got to do be stag. Right. And um, so, you know, we kind of went in with like a full assault of songs because. You know, no one fucking knew another way. I pressed it on my own, on the record, vinyl only. And, you know, by the time Total came out, we had probably sold, like, 200 copies. Right. Um, like, begging people to show to, like, be interested in our bands. Or <laughs> begging people to shows. Um, but, you know, obviously, when Total came out, we, we sold more copies of Another Way. Like, the right. boxes and boxes of records in my, in my closet eventually disappeared. But... Um, <laughs> But yeah, yeah, that's sort of the story behind that, and it happens more often than you would think. Yeah. I kind of figured as much, but I just wanted to hear it from you. Yeah. It's not too complicated, right? Yeah. Another thing about Rebound, what did you think of that, uh, what was that fucking band? There was like a metal band that ended up covering... Volbeat. Yeah. How did that you know come about? Cool, you know what the coolest part about Volbeat covering Rebound is? It sells some extra records for you probably, doesn't it? Money's the best part. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. They're a big band. Yeah, they're huge. Like yeah, they're huge. They're huge. Um, absolutely. Uh, Milo and I went and saw them with Metallica at wow. Mile High in Denver. Wow. I never really cared for them, but I always thought it was cool that they, you know, did your song. That was pretty cool. Uh, uh, and and they're just they're really good dudes. Um, if I call Michael, sometimes I get completely wasted and just like call random people on my on my phone. <laughs> And if I call Michael, the, the singer of Volby, he always answers. He's a total sweetheart. And they took us out on tour. They took us out on our shittiest tour we've ever done. Um, but it was also by far the hugest tour we've ever done. I mean, we were playing in front of like 10,000 10, people a night at these wow. huge arenas. And, and it, was, it was crazy. So um, yeah. at the end of the day, I did hate the tour, but it was, it's awesome to... To have that experience and totally, that's a big difference between playing a club and, well, and ten thousand. Like, yeah, I mean, there's certain ethics involved with with punk rock. Like when you tour with No Effects, they take their drum set off the drum riser after they do sound check. So all the opening bands are welcome to use No Effects's drum riser, which is totally unorthodox. Yeah, because so many bands are like, oh, I don't want to move the drum set twice, and um, 
let's face it, it kind of makes the opening band look a little bit more pussy. Yeah. Um, it's like, you don't have as much stage. And right. You can't put on, like, you know, you definitely can't, like, jump off the drum rise or anything like that. So it's really cool that NoFX does that. Yeah. And they're certainly not going to, you know, restrict your decibel level as an opening band. Yeah. And whenever you go on to, like, so, like, ACDC did it to Volbeat, and Volbeat turned around and did it to us, wow. where yeah. there's, like, a decibel ceiling for the first band, and the second band gets to be a little bit louder. And then when ACDC comes on stage they get a rock the fuck out and right. everyone's like oh my god they sound so much better than the other bands and it's shitty it's shitty fucking like heavy metal ethic bullshit and yeah and we had to deal with it and it was the the band was unaware of it it was really this tour manager guy i think his name is pete he's such a douchebag but um you know i mean you hear about these horror stories happening and you know, whenever you're surrounded by bands like No Effects and the Mighty Mighty Bostones and bands that are super cool um, that we had toured with in the past, you know, we we didn't ever really we, we came in a little naive, like oh, like that's just like rumors that people would do something like that to you. You know, yeah. we're gonna get them and fucking kick its ass. Well, it turned out we didn't, and we, you know, yeah. I had a friend come with me in Hamburg, and you know, I was like, he's like, dude, you guys sounded pussy, and I was like, shit, we did. And so I went up to the tour manager, and I was like, my friend just told me that we sounded pussy. And then from that point on, um, the tour manager was like, he, he, he fucking had it out for us. And so, you know, he put our dressing room at the very end of the hallway, and it just kind of turned into a nightmare. But, dude, we played in front of 16,000 people in Denmark, so. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I've even heard of like these headlining bands not letting those supporting acts even have subs, dude. Just straight tops. Yeah. That's crazy. You know, bands <laughs> are, I think it's a real insecure move, you know? Yeah, totally. I mean, especially, I mean, like, no effects is rad. They take their drums off the drum riser. Everybody's welcome to use it. And, dude, they could play linoleum at 10 decibels lesser, like, you know, they could sound more quiet than the opening band. Everyone's going to lose their shit. They're all there to see no effects, right? And right. So, I mean, how insecure do you have to be to like make yourself <laughs> even better than you already are? It's your headlining show. These 16,000 people don't give a shit about the opening band. They may as well sound better. But um, to Volbeat's credit, we did cry about it. Um, There's these huge banana side fills like, in these monitors that we weren't allowed to use. And we were like, hey, man, what the fuck's up? can we, like, turn these on for our set, too? This is, like, bullshit. And they're like, what? You're not allowed to use those? Of course you are. And so we got things dialed in for the last three shows. But the depressing part is we were on the road with them for a month. Oh, wow. So, uh, yeah, it was a bit, it was bittersweet. Like, cool, the last three shows, we sounded awesome. <laughs> but the other 27, we, we sounded like, you know, amateurs. Damn. And, dude, whenever it comes to arena tours, we are amateur. Fucking, the closest thing that we had to, like, a friend opening for an arena band was I talked to James from Against Me, and and I also talked to Fatty a little bit because they played some shows with the Totenhosen or something like that in Germany. And Fatty just said, oh, you guys are going on tour with this huge arena band in Europe. Yeah, everybody's going to hate you. And, um... Yeah, it turns out he was right. 
Um, <laughs> it's definitely discouraging whenever you play in front of you know sixteen thousand people and you sell one shirt. Damn. Yeah. Uh, um, but the closest thing to that was talking to James from Against Me, and they had they were doing an arena tour with the Foo Fighters. They had completed arena tour with the Foo Fighters. But Against Me's rolling with some shit, man. I mean, they got a bus and fucking sound guys and shit. We we were in a fucking van rolling with like a dude selling t-shirts and that's it you know yeah i just think it's a strange bill like who decided that bill you guys are nothing like that volbeat you know what i mean well i mean it's cool sort of like metallica meets social distortion so yeah we kind (laughs) of do fit in with them a little bit yeah but the band in between iced earth didn't fit in at all (laughs) (laughs) so so teens bottle rocket iced earth volbeat is definitely weird as fuck yeah. The thing is, Michael loves Teenage Bottle Rocket, and they took us out because they love us. That's cool. And we should have kept that in mind the whole time and, like, taken all our complaints straight to Michael rather than some of the douchebag tour manager that was basically just getting paid. You know, no yeah. one... Whenever we were on tour with no effects in the past, if you have a problem, you don't go to Fat Mike, you go to Kent. And so I used that same mentality with the Volbeat. Instead of going to Lead Singer, which I should have done, I went to this tour manager that, you know had a problem with us because he was just trying to make it through the nights and hold on to his job. And he had this weird nervous tick where if he was mad at you, he'd wink his eye. <laughs> and so we'd get in trouble for smoking weed backstage. And he'd be like, you guys aren't allowed to smoke weed back here. And he'd be winking his eye. And so the whole time it's like, whoa, are you doing like the corporate Nike guy? Like, hey, I have <laughs> to tell you not to smoke weed back here, but I'm winking my eye to let you know, like, you can do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. And finally, we're like, dude, what's up with your eye? Like, are you winking at us because, like, you're telling us we can't smoke weed? And he's like, no, this is what I do when I get angry. And from there, he even hated <laughs> even more. And, uh, but we just continued to skateboard and smoke weed and try to be the funny punk band on tour. And by the end of it all, everyone just fucking hated us, with the exception of Volbeat. Um, but it was, it was, it became funny. <laughs> wow. So did the album that, that's, that Rebound was on, the Volbeat one, did that go like gold or platinum or anything? Um, I'm not, it's hard to tell how many total copies they've sold from my royalty report because it's just like so many in Denmark, so many in Germany, so many in the U.S. And it's all divided up through countries, you know, and I haven't really got through in total, but, um, I got, you know, I got this double platinum record from the, the country of Denmark that I have yet to hang on my wall, but that's cool. I think they sold somewhere around 600,000 copies is what I could tell. Wow. Like so overall. this is where Milo is getting his, uh, his royalty check <laughs> info from, huh? His, his hopes. Uh, you know, I mean, he sees money come in. He's not stupid, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see how this, this human robot split money works <laughs> is milo still here no he bailed i was wondering um how he looks at the other like uh miguel and cody like does he look at them as like you know they've been around his whole life uh-huh they does he look at them like just uncles you know yeah cody and milo have a real special relationship especially like with all the gaming and stuff we're always playing board games and milo's always been involved as soon as he could throw dice you know and uh, Miguel and Milo's relationship's a little different. Um, I mean, those guys had to put up with his ass, too, you know? And it's just like if Milo was a kid that was completely out of control. And, you know, I think that 
everybody would let me know, like, yeah, he's not allowed to go to Europe. Are you crazy? There's no fucking way. All you do is part of your dick off and your kid's out of control. But everybody really loves um, being around Milo. And he's actually really good. He's a behaved kid. He knows how to behave. He's totally easy to take care of. Um, so, yeah, he, we, we, just, we just hang out. Sometimes him and Miguel will watch a movie together and stuff like that. And he, he hangs out with Cody a lot. But for the most part, he's attached my hip you know cool we'll cruise around we'll go swimming and we'll uh we'll go we'll go walk around on our own at different festivals in europe and stuff and and at warp tour milo would fuck off on his own and he'd come back with two skateboard decks and like a van's hat and i'm like where did you get all this shit <laughs> he's like oh i went to the truth tent or whatever and just kind of does his own thing so there's a little bit of all that stuff and so definitely you know like you said He's been around Miguel and Cody his entire life, and he, you know, has this special relationship with those dudes. Yeah. So does he have his eye on Darren's gig or what? <laughs> well, a couple of years yeah, from now, he maybe. Definitely would have to work on his uh, endurance. <laughs> Milo runs out of gas. I don't even think he can make it through this freak out, but he's getting better. That's cool. Cool. Um, yeah, I don't think Darren has anything to worry about. <laughs> right on. <laughs> So does uh does Miguel get you guys doing yoga on tour and shit? I've done it a couple times. One time with uh, like me, Miguel, and Mora from mixtapes. Um, in Chicago we were opening for Lawrence Arms. I remember we had a, a yoga session then and hmm, one time I went to his yoga studio here in Laramie. I didn't make it through the session. Uh, his wife Lily was actually the instructor and the class was an hour long. I was super hungover, and Lily's insane. She, like, wraps her neck around her knee eight times or whatever, you know? <laughs> like, I, I just felt kind of pukey, and uh, I went and took a nap on the couch in, in the lobby of their yoga studio. So that's kind of my yoga. <laughs> so d- does Miguel write a lot of songs? Because on Stay Rad, man, that I Never Knew song, that's a great fucking song, and... I mean, does he write songs ever, or what? Um, he wrote the lead in The Jerk. Yeah. 
for Stay Rad, that's all he's ever written for Teenage Bottle Rocket. Wow. Um, I love the lead in that song, The Jerk. Yeah, that's a good um, one. I just saw, I heard him riffing it once. I'm all like, dude, what the fuck is that? It's so easy and simple, but it just sounds great. I love the melody. And then, yeah, he wrote Olivia Goes Bolivia, and I didn't yep. make it on the record, but it, it's a great song. It was hard to cut it. Um, maybe Creatures should have been not on the record. Anyway, uh, <laughs> no, Creatures are at, I like it, to make it different, right? You know, and so that was a decision we made. I mean, we had, we had more than enough songs, so obviously something was going to make it, and but Olivia gets to believe it turned out great, and um, I never knew it's great. We love playing it live, and they just sort of like Miguel was just like, "Hey, I, I did some songs," and and uh, yeah, that that's kind of it. Um, he writes books, he writes songs. Yeah, no, I just, I just, I don't know. I love that song, and it was just kind of a. It sounds like a Cody song to me. So uh-huh. I was just kind of surprised when I found out he wrote it, and it was like he doesn't really write stuff for you guys. So, right. um. Hopefully he writes more, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, I know the descendants probably like divide up their royalties accordingly as far as plays and stuff like that, but we just do it like 25% to everybody in the band. Cool. Mm. I guess what I'm trying to say is he doesn't have any motivation, but like financially, you know, like, right. hey, Miguel, yeah. write some more songs, you'll make more money because you'll get more plays and whatever. <laughs> but, like, no. No matter what, you just make the same amount of money. Yeah. Unless you write a hit, we fucking become huge. <laughs> <laughs> That'll change it. <laughs> right. Uh, um. So, we, we, what's 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 coming up for Bottle Rocket? I mean, you two are in what this weekend? You said you're going out, yeah. but um. Saturday we're playing with Mighty Mighty Boston's and No Effects in Sacramento, and we're gonna hit up Portland and, and uh, Seattle, Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary, and then we're playing Fest at the end of the month. Cool. cool. Um, are we gonna get uh, another bottle rocket full length in it? In, what's it gonna be? Another two years or another year? I guess from now. Yeah. Well, Stay Rad came out in March. Yep. So, you know, two to three years. Um, I know Lillingtons are working on this uh, seven inch. I'm not even no. I'm not even sure if they've announced it or not yet. So. We kind of do bounce back and forth with Cody with that, you know. It's just like, hey, um, Lillington's released Stella in 2018. That was your year to, like, go and crush all these festivals. And we came out with Stay Rad 2019. Now this has been our year. And, uh, you know, we're kind of doing some back and forth stuff with, with Lillington's um, the past, like, four years, I guess. Uh, but, you know, so we, we, we try to just, like, keep everybody happy, try to keep everybody home, especially with uh, Miguel having his baby and, Cody and his wife just bought a house in Denver, and we just try to have some balance. And you know, we, we're trying to do like ten day tours, where we do a weekend and then we do a week and then the next weekend and then we go home and just not trying to get everybody burned out and doing two and a half months at once like we used to do in 2015 and shit. Um, you know, we just uh, try to keep it exciting and and uh, you know, like I said, sometimes. One of us will write five songs in a week, and that's half a record right there, you know? Yeah. Speaking of records, man, I always thought it was super cool how you always kind of have the same album cover, just in different colors. Like, whose idea was that? Well, originally, another way was supposed to be called Halloween Sock Hop. 
Okay. And we had an artist named Al Feldstein, who actually lives in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, which is a weird coincidence. But Al Feldstein's about like 90 years old now. But he did every single front cover to Tales from the Crypt comic book. Uh, okay. And he also invented Alfred E. Newman, and he did like a huge percentage of every Mad Magazine front cover. Yeah. Mm. So he was perfect, especially those Tales from the Crypt ones. We just wanted like kids in Halloween costumes, cartoony, dancing to like a band playing Halloween sock hop, right? Yeah. And uh, we wanted it to look like a Tales from the Crypt cover. And he wrote us back, and he was like, "Fucking a, I love it." I, you know, he's been doing landscape paintings in Wyoming. Um, you know, Tales from the Crypt wasn't really; it's been done for a long time, and and he hasn't had him work for Mad. But anyway, he was he warned us that his commission price wasn't cheap, and we were like, "Well, what will you do it for?" And he's like, five thousand dollars. And so we're like, "Yeah, we got to do um, <laughs> a simpler cover." And Brandon. Red was like before Teenage Bottle Rocket even wrote a song. You know, right when Teenage Bottle Rocket started playing, we had the name of the band, and Brandon was like, "This is more important than songs. Even we have to have a logo. Every band I love has a logo, something that someone could see and know it's that band without any letters involved at all. You know, Outline yeah. Street, you know, Rolling Stones, Black Flag, you name it, right? And so it was important for us to have that right from the get go, and. I think it was kind of inspired a little bit by Boogada. You know, it's just like, cool, the Screeching Weasel record just has, like, the Screeching Weasel logo on the front. Mm -hmm. Let's do that for our first record. Well, by the time that we the total came out, too, I think we were at a standstill, like, what do we do for the cover? Hey, let's do this again. And then with Warning Vice, <laughs> like, let's do it again. And so now it's just like, what color? Yeah, and I think it's cool. I think that my only regret, really, is Shadows should have been green. Instead of like black with green on it, yeah, it'd have been green, green with black on it. Right. You know, it's that we were too, we were just too scared. Um, you know, we thought that would make a big difference. Like, oh, we won't be as popular with the green record rather than the black one or something with our debut on Fat Records. So it's like, it doesn't <laughs> fucking matter. We're gonna be fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> skater dies on this fucking record. It's gonna be, it's gonna be good. So, right. but anyway, um. Yeah, it's cool to to sit back and um, kind of cut through all of them and stuff and, and just have different colors. I think it's great. Yeah, it's really cool. I think Today was the best one on that record, by the way. Ah, see? So good. You guys aren't just like Cody fans. Uh, we're big Cody fans, <laughs> but you know, you got you got quite a few yourself, dude. Yeah, it's uh it's cool to um to be able to have ha have the band last this long and have uh, you know, Cody be next to me singing on stage this whole time and yeah. and it, it's, it's just great i think that we work great so i think we sing great together and and there's a definite chemistry that we've acquired from playing together for you know 15 plus years or whatever it is and yeah and um it's really cool when we are on tour like we just did that fat record store with the clowns and mean jeans and it was a little over two weeks and it's cool to see that even now things can gel after playing every night for a couple of weeks and, and different things could happen um, as far as the chemistry of playing music together live and to accomplish different things after so many years, you know, it's not just going up there and doing the same old tricks. 
right. when new shit happens, it's always really cool. That's cool. So when um when the Lillingtons kind of got back going full time again, any worries from you guys that he was gonna that was gonna become his priority or anything? No, not at all. Um, it's funny we were talking about him in Wisconsin whenever you guys whenever you saw him at Piggly Wiggly. I think yeah. that Cody Cody had um, gotten serious with this girl that lived that was that lived in Wisconsin, and they decided to do the Too Late Show, um, which is a record that that Zach Rodhauser wrote for Lillingtons, and Cody dropped all this that on us at the same time, being Brad at the same time. He was like, "Hey." I'm moving to Wisconsin. I'm moving. I'm moving in with this girl in Wisconsin. And we're like, all right. And he's like, and Lillington are getting back together. And we're doing a record, and we're like, okay. And I think that me and friends' number one thing was, we're still rocking, right? And he's like, yeah, dude, of course, like sweet. Um, so, you know, just kept the rock rolling, man. So yeah. maybe for a half a second, I think he was more worried that we were going to be upset that he was moving to Wisconsin and getting uh, Lillington's back together than than we were worried about him ditching us you know it was just one of those things where it's like man we're not running some sort of dictatorship and trying to tell people what to eat that are in our band or how to fucking dress we are we're out we're out here just to fucking have fun and play music together that's what's up hey speaking of too late show have you heard uh, that brennan kelly version of uh, all i hear static and if so what did you think it's fucking amazing i love it um, yeah, I, 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 you know, Cody play, played it for me like three months ago, um, and I, I asked him to, to text it to me because I just I love it so much. It's definitely my favorite song of the new Red Scare comp. Um, I like Bomb Pops East and West as well. I like that the Broadway Calls Menzingers cover is fucking great. I didn't even realize it was a Menzinger song, but Ty does some pretty exceptional stuff with his voice on that song. He really gets up there. Um, what a cool fucking CD that is. Toby runs a fucking awesome label. I love it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was 15 years, man. I I can't believe it's been, it seems like it just started. I remember when that label started, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, fucking A, uh, you know, we were the third release on it. Of course I remember. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's, it's crazy, you know? I don't like, you know, it's not my favorite label just because it's, you know, the, the good stuff is the great, it's, most of it's great, but, you know, Intruder and you guys, of course, and tight wire and shit, but um, no, I just, I'm just, it's awesome that he's still going. Yeah, totally, and yeah, he lives in Grenada right now, I don't know if you knew that, but his yeah. girlfriend's in, in med school in Grenada, so he's running his label and he's booking bands <laughs> um, in this uh, country down there, dude, this little island down there, and uh, it's just, uh, I see pictures of him going to our videos of him going to soccer games and stuff. And Toby is one of my best friends. I just really love him. I don't know if I, I he's great. It, it, it's it really, he changed our lives more than any one person. You know, when he signed bottle rocket to red scare, that was the biggest thing. That was the biggest jump that I've ever experienced. As far as no one gives a flying fuck about our band. And we just sold a, thousand dollars in t-shirts at a show in chicago opening for the methadones you know it kind of went from in our eyes zero to a hundred and it made things uh you know our dreams started to come true whenever toby got involved and uh, you know i'll never forget that 
That's cool. Yeah. You know, I think it's cool that it's super cool that Bottle Rocket's still going. You guys are, um, you know, you're like the staple of our bubble. You know, um, one of the biggest bands as far as you know our scene goes. Um, I just think it's cool that you guys are still going and are going to keep it going. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's the plan, you know, just like release, tour, repeat, you know, <laughs> and um, fucking it, it's, uh, I, I see like a resurgence in the pop punk thing. I mean, we've been here for a while now where I can see like punk rock in general to me does like waves. Yeah, you know, and especially individual cities, you know, you'll fucking shred a show in Portland, Oregon, and then come back, and it's not as cool, and it's not necessarily that your band got worse or less people like you there. Sometimes shit just dies out, and Portland's not a great um, example actually because Portland's always been awesome. Um, Vancouver versus Columbia, it happened to us. Um, Vancouver was just one of our best cities ever. Everything was great, and I remember whenever. Um, Tales from Wyoming came out in 2015. We came back there, and it was like 100 people, which is uh, nothing to complain about, but it was like kind of discouraging to us. It's like, oh, fuck. And we blame ourselves, but really it's just like, man, there's just kind of a low point in the, the pop-punk scene in, in Vancouver that year, and I think it's come back again. I think our show that we're about to have in Vancouver in a week is going to be fantastic. But, you know, you, you just see it. Happened that way, and I guess in general, right now, I'd say that pop punk, like you know, the whole Ramones core thing is is um, peaking out again. You know, it's just like shows are big, and um, enthusiasm's up. <laughs> cool, that's awesome. It's good to hear. Yeah, yeah I guess. I, don't know, I mean, dude, St. Louis is fucking tough. Tell you that much. <laughs> really? Well, St. Louis is a good town for like a Monday. <laughs> totally <laughs> but uh yeah it's a good time to hang out with the freaking fuck off and dies or whatever and the freaking yeah. flamingo ball is dangerous <laughs> yeah I totally missed you guys a couple weeks ago man I had planned on going and then I ended up getting a gig to work that night so my, my girl went she said she hung out with you guys a little bit yeah she hung out with me right yeah my, my band stayed in I went and partied <laughs> yeah she was saying it was you and that, uh, what's her name from uh, the clowns that was hanging out? Uh, Han- yeah, Han was hanging out, but uh, Jin Bomb Pops too. Oh, cool. But yeah, to me, I mean, all the times I've seen you here, it always seems like you guys pull a pretty decent crowd, man. I don't know. Yeah, totally. I'm not crying too much about St. Louis. I think that really what happened with the last show was we were just there. Yeah, that's you know? true. But we've tried to hit up every city at least once with every release, and Stay Rad happened to come out just right after we played St. Louis on a one-off. Um, yeah. We've played this like hot dog, I, um, hot dog icy place, snow cone place in Chicago, like in the, in the suburbs of Chicago. And instead of just flying out and doing the one show, we decided to add Indianapolis and add St. Louis to it. And so, you know, I mean, especially being from Laramie, Wyoming, I'm the last guy left in Wyoming in Team Bottle Rocket, but I do know the importance of spacing things out. And if Bottle Rocket played more than once a year here in Laramie, it would be something that people would take for granted. And uh, right. you know, it, to try to keep things exciting, you gotta you gotta space it out. And that's how we always prefer doing it. You know, the night before we played St. Louis, we played in Kansas City, and the last time we were there was in 2015. And so there was an obvious like. 
um, you know, an energy am- amongst the crowd um, rather than like, oh, yeah, we saw you guys five months ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got you. So anyways, dude, I got this idea that it's kind of like a little game. I don't know if it's a game, but anyway, it might be kind of fun, man. You guys want to play this game? What do you think, Ray? Are you down? Let's play the game. Let's do it. Okay, this might be cool. I just want to go through the studio records, and you tell me your favorite song of yours and Cody's. Obviously, on another way, it's just going to be one of yours, but uh, uh-huh. would you be into that? Let's do it. All right, so we'll start with Another Way. What's your favorite What's your favorite race song? Uh, pull pull Flux, <laughs> my favorite song on Another Way. Mine too, actually. Uh, yeah. That's a fucking great one. Mm-hmm. Well, what about on Total? <laughs> Total, my favorite race song is Radio. song is so far away i mean bloodbath yeah great so the opening and closing tracks for total right that's the way that one worked out yeah radio's fucking great dude it's one of my favorite songs of yours for sure i just remember when i first um, heard that record i dude we've talked about it on the show but when that record came out it like fucking blew my mind how fucking good it was because you know i hadn't I had never heard another way until I didn't get into that until after Total, like, uh-huh. a, like a lot of other people I think. But my my buddy Nate was like, "Dude, there's a new band and Cody's in it." And I'm like, "For real? Holy fuck!" Because I was a huge Lillington and Sack guy, you know what I mean? Uh huh. So I heard that, and it starts with radio. And I'm huge like, Sack guy. Yeah, 
literally and the band. But uh, that radio came on, and I was just like, man, this is fucking gold, and then so cool, and Super Games are just one after another, dude. And that, that CD did not leave my fucking car for like three, four months, dude, just constant rotation. Love yeah, and sonically... You just can't go wrong with the blasting room, and it was our first record ever, like you know, be recorded in the blasting room, and uh, yeah, it's just it really has stood the test of time too. I listened to it the other day. I think that my inflection on my vocals are a little obnoxious, but I think it's <laughs> I was still sort of discovering how I sing, you know, right. and I was trying to just like make it a little too weird, a little too like. What you the fuck with me? You know, and it's like just seeing like you sing. Um, it took me like you know, till another. I mean, till warning device to to learn that. I guess, but yeah. there, there's some cool stuff that we do on that record for sure, and especially Cody. Cody, I gotta say, you know, Cody won total. Um, warning device. Warning device. My favorite song on Warning Device, favorite race song, is definitely Pacemaker. Um. My favorite Codal song, Socialize Rad. Yeah, I like that. Good one. But dude, for my money, man, I love the title track and She's Not the One. Those are like my two favorites of yours. Yeah, She's Not the One. 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 Yeah, that's cool. the one's pretty staple, like Ray song, right? Yeah, big time yeah. rules. Um, yeah, uh, I thought basement, I thought basement was a weird basement was a weird focus track, I think, for that one. But it was it's good. It's a fan favorite. I think we're kind of bored of it. 
I hear you. Hey, Ray, I think you're right. Cody won total, but I, you you won Warring Device for sure. Uh, people have said that, and I feel weird saying that. I <laughs> I think that um, Warring Device is kind of stupid how we did two and two. I like mm-hmm. how we do one and one. You know? Um, yeah. Me, Cody, me, Cody, me, Cody is fucking way cooler than two Rays, two Cody's, and I don't know why we tried to do that with Warning Device, but that that's something that happened. And I listened to it the other day, and I thought, that's fucking stupid. But um, <laughs> might, that might have been a Toby idea. That might have been Toby's fault. Right. But um, crawling back to you is great. Yeah, it's great. Mm-hmm. Like wasting my time. You might be my, my two favorites from, from that. No, no, what am I saying? Sorry. Pacemaker and Wasting Time are definitely... Wasting Time is definitely my favorite Cody song on warning device in fact i was thinking um one time i was like in my head i was like thinking of you is the way i like to waste my time and i was like that is the best descendant song ever what record is that on <laughs> and it took me forever to realize like oh wait that's my band and uh, <laughs> was supposed to be on total and we ran out of time oh bummer and it really broke brandon's heart well we ended up changing key signatures with it and making it better for warning device so i think everything in the end worked out yeah well, what about uh shadows shadows don't want to go is awesome i don't want to go oh, 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 oh. 
fucking love it as far as race dogs. I love yeah. playing it a lot. It's a great one. Yeah, and it's cool. I mean, dude, Cody came so correct, especially with, like, Bigger Than Kiss was a sax song. So that was kind of freebie, and Passat had never recorded it. So, like, no one, it wasn't like Headbanger on Freak Out, like, oh, yeah, we have this in the sax record. Right. But, um, so, Bigger Than Kiss, like, um, yeah, Don't Want to Go was, uh, was, was cool. Um, Do yeah, What is I, great. And, um, yeah. Yeah, Colin's sick. Turned out cool. Tadeo. Tadeo and Don't Wanna Go are probably my two favorites. Right on. Tadeo's the shit. Waking up next to you is like a dream come true. I watch you while you dress. The way you look at me, my chest is totally pounding in distress. Go!
dude, Skinner Dies is like our yeah. most favorite song. It's it's cool <laughs> to have that. You know, we go and just like to see the crowd explode. Right. It's cool to have like the biggest song we have. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's our linoleum, if you will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. I love that song. I love that. Just the way that record starts with Brandon playing. Just sound, the drums sound so fucking good on that album. And uh, Yeah, uh, Sonic Shadows fucking crushes it for sure. Um, I remember Nate Mandel from the Foo Fighters, his partner, Jessica, they have a kid together. His partner, Jessica, was in the studio producing this band called Dead Country. They're in Studio A. We're in Studio B for our big debut for uh, Fat Records. You know, shove us in the smaller studio. But um, <laughs> we, we, we started playing, we started recording Scared Eye, and it was just like, and this lady came running into Studio B, and she was like, what is this? And um, <laughs> we um, became dear friends with her, and we had a barbecue at Nate's house, and uh, we got to play the guitar that, Gabriel wrote the first Foo Fighters record with, and um, it, it was, uh, you know, it was cool. Like, that song made that relationship. You know, that's how music sort of, like, connected us with Jessica, and it's, it's pretty rad. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> so I guess that will bring us to Freak Out. Freak Out. Cruising for chicks, dude. <laughs> I love that song. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, the thing about Cruising for Chicks is Brandon wrote Cruising for Chicks, and he wrote it as a, like, fuck you, I'm gonna, I don't give a shit, like, what you say, how you say I'm supposed to behave. It's not really, it's a tongue-in-cheek song, the song's not really, to me, it's not really about going out and trying to scorch with chicks. Like, it really kind of came down to the end of it with, like, I'm going to say what I want to say and fuck you. Um, <laughs> Amen. Like that, that was Brandon's whole thing behind it. Now, like now we're stuck in, you know, more of a sensitive time period. And I think there's some progression that's made, especially in the punk scene. That's cool. And so long story short, we don't play cruising for chicks anymore. Um, <laughs> because, you know, we definitely don't want to be labeled as like this misogynistic band or some shit like yeah, that. Yeah, definitely and not. It doesn't, it doesn't really make, it's, it's not what, we, it's not how we feel. You know, we all, we're all married and have like girlfriends now, you know, <laughs> it's right. like trying to go out and uh, score chicks, man. But <laughs> um, yeah, I think that was more about like the way Brandon wrote it. It was just like, hey man, I'm going to decide how I fucking live. You don't decide shit. Um, no, that's not my favorite race song in Freak Out. <laughs> <laughs> right. Dude, you made me actually watch a movie just to understand the lyrics to Maverick better, you know? I went and watched Top Gun again. I hadn't seen it since I was a kid. Maverick's my favorite race song in Freak Out. You say it's not my flying, it's my attitude. Pushing up a bus, a tower if we're in the mood. My old man gave me a bad rap, so Charlie's giving me a hard time.
tell you that you're more than just a friend the other day i listened to that i was like that's pretty good pretty good ray nice work yeah. um <laughs> maverick uh brandon and i wrote outside of this hotel room in sacramento and it took us like not sacramento we we're in bakersfield california working and um, we, we wrote it outside this hotel room in like 10 minutes wow it was so funny and the whole time we were just high as shit smoking a joint and every lyric just wrote itself, and the, the whole song was done in like 10 minutes, and um, we had it all written down, and uh, yeah. I mean, how many times have you seen Top Gun, then? You must have really been a fan of that movie, then, huh? <laughs> yeah, I think it's just one of those ones where, like, I lived with these dudes in college, and we had, like, three VHS movies, <laughs> and one of them was Top Gun, and <laughs> it was, like, at one semester where it was like it became obnoxious we knew every fucking line <laughs> and um, um cody hates the movie top gun which make, make, makes it kind of funny too you know? right <laughs> so when we sang it to cody he was like eh? <laughs> the subject matter of this song is so stupid and then uh we uh we lost the fan um there was this dude, he fucking loved Teenage Bottle Rocket. He had this tattoo of Johnny Ramone on his arm, which is like, <laughs> joke's on you, asshole. But uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, he um, maybe he was Republican. And I, I don't know the, the story behind the Johnny, but it's probably maybe because of guitar stuff, really. But anyway, this guy loved Teenage Bottle Rocket. I forget his name, but Freak Out came out, and Maverick was the first song we released off of the record. Like, hey, Bottle Rocket's got this new record coming out of that, and here's the first track that, you know, it's like the sneak preview track that came out a couple months before the release or whatever, right. and this guy wrote in, like, fuck Top Gun and fuck this band, and Jesus. I was so mad. <laughs> me, and, me and Mikkel were like, oh, dude. We lost a fan. This guy <laughs> loved us, and it just took this one song. And like, yeah, that's crazy. We haven't seen him since. I always thought it was super clever the way you fit all those lyrics in there, man. I mean, what's not to like? Yeah, it's my favorite song in Freak Out. I love it. For for it's my favorite Ray song. Yeah. Um, dude, uh, fucking a. I mean, done with love. Yeah, done with done love. Done with love, so good. 
I love love is so great. seen Cody sing this song in the studio eight times in a row and you could have taken any one of those eight takes and printed it as the final version I mean I've never seen any I've never seen or heard anything so fucking crazy awesome in my life Cody's got the craziest most badass pitch and it was like the first time he had this weird inflection on this one word that was like, that's so perfect. And the second time was like, that was perfect. Third one, perfect. <laughs> and at the end of it, it was just like, use any eight of those. Like, we don't even have to comp anything. Just like, whatever one you want to use. And uh, it was incredible. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, headbang. Gonna go with headbanger. I fucking love that video, dude. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, it's kind of weird because, you know, 
to all those bands out there listening, all three of you people that are in a band listening, uh, <laughs> don't include girlfriends in your videos because you're going to break up and you're going to watch your dumb fucking video later and think about how shitty of a girlfriend she was. Or... <laughs> so I have a little bit of that with my head with the headbanger video. Like, oh my God, I can't believe I dated that girl. She was disabled or something. <laughs> something was wrong. Yeah. Well, what about uh, Tales from Wyoming? Tales. Dude, Tales has my favorite Cody lyric, which is, she's as perfect as she seems, the star of all of my wet dreams. Um, yeah. I, that is just so fucking <laughs> funny. a good one. And so real and uh, so Cody, you know, and uh, I've always really loved that lyric. They Call Me Steve might be my favorite Teenage Bottle Rocket song, period. Really? So, yeah. I'm going to have to go with They Call Me Steve for, uh, for Cody. And then nothing else matters for me.
was fun to write that song and just, you know, have yeah. all the Metallica records in front of me and just which song titles do I get to use in this song? Let's use all of these. <laughs> right. so, and it, it was uh, another time where we released like a Ray song as a focus track before the record came out, before a Cody song. You know, it happened on Freak Out as well, but, you know, Cody typically wins that sort of shit because his songs are fucking amazing. And But yeah, no, I mean, me and Brandon really believed in Nothing Else Matters, and uh, it's just got this really cool vibe to it. Yeah, I like um, that one. I always like that damn TV yeah. set, too, man. Yeah. Yeah, TV set was was me being embarrassed that I wrote this song, and I played it on Brandon's couch, and he came running in from his bedroom, and it's all, holy fuck, what's that? And I'm like, whoa, you like that? He's like, oh my god, it's amazing, and you know, I just didn't believe in it, and then as soon as he was like, "It's awesome," I was like, "It is awesome, isn't it?" And we all got all we got fully pumped up. <laughs> um, we released it on the ten-year Red Scare Cop, which came yeah. out the same year as Wyoming, and it actually came out before that. So we had to get special permission from our then new record label, Rise Records. Like, hey, is it cool if we release this song on Red Scare first? And they're like, yeah, of course. <laughs> right. That song first time, like it, uh-huh. it had like when I saw you at that acoustic show it, after you know Brandon and everything, it had like a whole new meaning, and it was very intense to hear you do that, man. Mm. It was crazy. Uh, yeah, and it did take on new meaning, and we played it at Brandon's funeral, and um, I listened to it today. It came on randomly today, and our friend Sarah Switek played cello on it. Yeah. And it, it, it and I forgot. I even forgot that Cody sang backups on it. Like the studio version, I hadn't, I haven't really heard for fucking a long time. If, I mean, I know it came out four years ago, but it seems like I haven't heard that version for four years. And um, it's cool to uh, do something different like that. Um, again, we caught a lot of shit for it. Um, a lot of people are like this like acoustic song doesn't believe belong on this record, but then. After Brandon passed away, I think that a lot of people changed their mind to that opinion. Yeah. It was crazy to see you do it live, man. It, it hit me in a totally different way. And ever since, I've pretty much loved it. So. Yeah, totally. The lyrics have definitely taken on new meaning. Yeah. Since that, that's a tragic event. And, Big time. You know, I mean, obviously, it's like, like, some people might think Ray wrote this song about his brother that passed away, but me and Brandon wrote that song together. Yeah. And like the lyrics just fit in to his death, yeah, by coincidence, by coincidence. And it's like you know, for the first time I can't see you, for the first time I can't be you. And it's like, oh shit, man, right? Because me and Brandon were always like, this, song, this lyric doesn't make any fucking sense at all. It does now, huh? It's nuts. It does. Kind of crazy. It does, yeah. But the other day, someone fucking called me Brandon. I was um, <laughs> I was playing for. <laughs> I was playing frisbee golf in uh, in Fort Collins with Milo. We have this like this place in Laporte, um, Colorado. We we go play frisbee golf like through the it's through the woods. It's so fucking fun. It's right by this river, and these hippies were chilling, smoking a joint, and they're like, "Are you Brandon?" And I was like, "No, nah, dude, I'm Ray." And they're like, "Oh yeah, Ray." But I was like, "Fuck, man!" Like, 
I don't know how much you guys read to get smoked this fucking decade, but yeah, Brent. <laughs> I'm definitely not branded. <laughs> yeah. Should we do stealing the covers or should we do stay rad? Um, see, what the fuck? You're going to still stealing the covers? You're going to skip it? Well, I mean, I'm not playing the game here. Since there are covers, I didn't know if you wanted to address that or what. Um, my favorite ring song is Stealing the Covers is definitely Robocop. Yeah. Hat Nerd's up there, though. Fucking Hat Nerd's awesome. Yeah. Um, Hat Nerd gets fucking hot. What's up with the cake? Is it really? Did you like the drizzle? Is it like the, is the icing crazy rad? Mmm. <laughs> Cake's done. Uh, Suddenly Ray's ready to get the fuck out of here. Um, no, we're almost done, dude. It's like we got a couple more records. Uh, Cody, uh, Don't Go, man, for sure. Yeah. Oh, it's um, great, son. Back and yeah, forth, though, I think. Don't Go. Um, me and Cody doing the back and forth at the end is like the best part of the record. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, me and Cody didn't do that on this on the next Bottle Rocket record. Like, you know, Ray, 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 Cody, 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 Cody. You know, like, why the fuck haven't we done that more? And um, we're going to have a song that's like that, and it's going to pop the fuck off. Cool. Yeah. So last but not least, Stay Radical. Mm-hmm. Stay fucking rad. Rad! <laughs> rad! <laughs> um, Wild Hair is my favorite Cody song in, on Stay Rad. Oh, yeah? All I can really say about Wild Hair is we were listening to all the demos, and after the first time in the van, listening to all the demos together, collectively, after Wild Hair, I was like, what song was that? And I was like, it's Wild Hair. I was like, oh. And I was like, we gotta start this, we gotta like turn this song around. Like This song's gotta start with just, just guitar and vocals. And it's got to like, have some sort of explosion, like basket case. I mean, a lot of bands have done it before, obviously. And and um, yeah, I kind of had like a, a move in production and like listening to it was all said and done. Like, oh, fuck, this turned out to be like the best Cody song in the record for me. Um, I really love the vocal pop up at the end. I love what Cody does that shit where he's like singing this register and then all of a sudden it goes to another spot. And I'm like, fuck, I'm like in the place. So like, I love when he does that. Um, everything to me. For me. I'll take you with me everywhere I go From Edmonton down to Mexico Let you know it's cool to follow your dreams Cause can you mean everything to me? We're gonna ride our bikes to ride a song And everybody here can sing along You saved my life and you're cooler than me Lake and fish all day We'll use a pantheon on a renegade 
know? I mean, yeah. again, uh, the first, like, focus track of the record, uh, we got to do a video for it. Um, kind of, I mean, at this time, it might not be 50-50, but I feel like at the beginning, it was definitely way more Cody videos than Ray videos, right? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, like, Season Off the One was just like a fan video. Some dude that works, looks like Jerry Seinfeld running around. Dude, totally. Um, All he's missing is the white sneakers. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'd have to say the, those two. Those two, man. Awesome. How about you guys? You got, what's your favorite Cody song in Stay Rad? Uh, I like uh, Stupid Song. Yeah, I kind of like that too. Stupid Song's so fucking good. So great. For my money, that dude just can't do any wrong. You know what I mean? Like, he's just one of those guys who gets it right every fucking time. Yeah, you should have him on your show. That would be cool. You gotta <laughs> get him drunk. <laughs> get, get Cody a bunch of cold ones, and yeah. then pull out a microphone. Like, hey, let's record an episode real quick, and uh, you'll have you'll be pretty fucking good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, to Moose's credit. He has been a lot more involved with that shit compared to the way he used to be, you know. Yeah. It was one of those things where it's like Vanessa, like or whoever we're working with is like I will take I'll take care of the interviews for this record. I got it. And um yeah, it's cool that Cody chips in a lot more now and, and also Miguel. Yeah. That's awesome, awesome, man. Well, I guess it's about time to wrap this one up. Thanks so much for joining us, Ray. It was a lot of fun, man. Thanks, Ray. Right on, dude. Slate. This is Philip from Teen Idols. You're listening to the fucking dummy room. All right, that's uh, that's Ray from Bottle Rocket. A little bit of Milo too. Yeah. Um, pretty cool, man. Pretty fun. Yeah. I loved hearing his uh his insight on his favorite you know his favorite Ray song and his favorite Cody song. <laughs> that was funny how he was saying the best Ray song, <laughs> not my best song. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's great. Yeah. Um. Not not really surprised on any of them. You know. I was kind of surprised on a couple of them. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit here or there. But yeah, that was that was kind of fun. Doing yeah, that's that. pretty fun. But yeah, let's wrap this one up, dude. Unless you got something else. I got nothing else. Yeah, man. I'll uh we'll see you next week. Yep. Have a great week. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Take care. Thank you for listening to The Dummy Room. Tune in next Thursday for another fun episode. Goodbye.